Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. All right. I'm not even saying this, uh, what I'm going to say now, lightly, just to create a mood, but can you... Can't you sense the Spirit of God right now in our, in our service? And I'm not just saying that. I just sense this so, so presently. And that, that means one thing. That means that God is yeah, he's here. And He wants to whisper something to you. He wants to scream something to you. He wants to heal something and do something. It's just amazing. You, can you sense that? Just through the worship. Just For me, just looking at Max playing the drums. I, I just looked at him and it was just like, boom, this light kind of just struck me. <laughs> And just, I just I feel like there's such, a, such power over, over you, Max, when you play, when you play the drums. It's just, it's just it's not a cozy candlelight, but like from a car, like flashes. It's, 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 some, it's a light about it, the way you, you use that gift. That's just amazing. So God bless you. Okay, Jesus, just, we just recognize that you are in the midst here, and your Holy Spirit is here. So just in your name, guard my words, Jesus, and guard our hearts, and open our hearts, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're continuing on the series on James. This amazing, thought-provoking, challenging, and sometimes painfully practical book in the Bible. It's not directed to a specific church. It's to the Messianic Jews living outside of Jerusalem. So in a way, it's, it's something we all can really like. It's directed to you and me in our walks. Uh, and it has, has this wonderful pattern, the book of James. He alternates. He throws out amazing truth about God. And then he just points the finger to our daily life just to make the point. He doesn't just like throw out lofty, great truth and it's hard for us to kind of, okay, but what does that mean in my, in my life? No, he just, he alternates between it. Truth, and then he suddenly speaks of how you talk, what you think, what you do with your money. It's, it, it's, it gets really real for us. That's why I love this book, actually. This wasn't planned, but I, I also want to speak about Adam, uh, Ladea's husband. I'm going to, no. I want to compare the book of James, what is the similarities between the book of James and Adam Rulando? <laughs> no, but I thought about it. I, it was after, it was a couple of months ago, it was after, we were talking after the service, and he just came come to me and just asked, hey, how are you doing? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. And then he starts, like, asking follow-up questions, like, yeah, how is work doing? And I said, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm a bit tired a little bit, and then... Yeah, what do you do when you're tired? And then suddenly I find myself just talking about my life in details to this amazing man. And then after the church, I just told some of that, and my wife. And I said, yeah, exactly. That's what Adam does. He kind of looks through you and just opens up, and suddenly you speak about quite personal things. The book of James does that. That's the similarity. It, kind of, it doesn't just stop with the, with the, with the truth, like, hey, God is like this. He kind of makes you think about the details, and then suddenly it becomes very real for us. So there you have it. Um, yeah, like, like Ladea said, James starts out with like, from the beginning, he starts out talking about 
various troubles you go through, uh, various trials, inviting personalization right from the start for us to kind of fit into that. And then he goes on talking more specific about life's hardships, maps out basically difficult human situation, applicable to us money, differentials of wealth and poverty, attitudes, interpersonal conflicts, controlling the tongue, quarrels, conflicts, ill health. Now, interpersonal conflicts, controlling the tongue, quarrels, conflicts, for some that is just a regular workplace meeting. But it's kind of, this is, it goes through these practical things. And James leans so heavily on the book of Proverbs and the teaching of Jesus. You can see that through everything. So yeah, let's read through, we're actually going to read through 12 verses now. All right, James 3, 1 to 12. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil amongst the part of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and it's itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea being, are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brother, can a fig tree bear olives? And the rest. I had a, I had a note over there. Can a spring produce fresh and salt water? So we're going to actually go through this verse by verse today. The good old Bible study. Just tell yourself, Bible study is cool. Uh, that's quite a mouthful, this here. Pun intended. See what I did there? Mouthful. Tongue, words. Yeah. All right. This is quite a mouthful. I think James knows that we will not gear up for the battle to face our own sins with the tongue unless we understand the magnitude of it. You know? He knows that we would easily just look past this if he doesn't say it like it is. He really paints the word for us to see. I'm going to say something about each verse. And my hope is that you will leave here being encouraged. Also, you could go home and put up the Bible again and study it and ask God how to speak into your life. All right. I'm going to start. We're going to focus on two organs. I'm going to start with talking about the tongue and end up with the heart. All right, and let's go through it. 
just going to read. Not many of you, verse 1, should become teachers, my fellow believers. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. He starts out almost warning people from becoming teachers. In Jewish culture, being a teacher of the world was a very high-held position. Something, something that a lot of parents would wish for their son, I have to say. And there were also, like, in the first churches, there was a lot of, a lot of scholars th thinking that way. There was a lot of people who wanted to, to be regarded as teachers because it was so high-held, and people wanted to be the one teaching other people spirit, uh, the Word of God. I think there were, might be a lot of self-appointed teachers, and that might be what James also has in mind. And that's quite serious for me as well. It's, it says, like, if you put yourself in the position that you actually say, hey, I'm going to teach something from the Word of God, you put yourself in a situation that you actually could sin easily. You, your words actually affect people. So it's a serious thing. It's nothing to take lightly. You know, you could easily, you could, you could bless people, but you could also create damage if you look and say, hey, this is what God is saying. And you sit there and just feel judged, feel, some of you know what I'm talking about, you know. So it's a serious start to this chapter. Then it goes on. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. All right, here we go. We all stumble, he says. It's like he's saying, let me tell you about a coming way we all stumble in our words, with our words, with our tongue. Why is it so hard to control this tongue, these words? You know, it's, it's so, we have gossip, we have slander, we have outbursts of anger, we have lying, criticism, abuse, complaining, everything revealing something going on on the inside. Why is it so hard? It is so hard to control it. If you think, yeah. He drives the point home saying, if anyone is never at fault, then he is a perfect man. Perfect here does not mean a sinlessly perfect man who never fails or never sin, But a perfect means mature. So what is he saying here in this verse? This verse is your words are a measure of your spiritual maturity. Think about that. Your, what comes out of your mouth, your words, how you speak, that is a measure of your spiritual maturity. Jesus in Matthew 12, 34, from out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your words speaks about maturity, speaks about what's going on. Words... And let me just say, when I speak about words now, that goes for social media as well. Definitely. What you post, what you like, what you share, and all these things. Words are often the revelation of a person's inner character. What a, what a person speaks about. Is it filled, is this a character filled of peace, of concern for people, of love? Then they would speak like that, and it would create things like that. Does it come from, from anger, from uh, bitterness? That will also tell of something. That will tell of that man's character, what's going on in their hearts. We can control people with our words. You know, we can control a room with our words. We can control the moods people have. 
we can tear down dreams just by using our words. No? It's powerful. To not stumble in words, that is spiritual maturity. And he said, we all stumble. Verse 3. When we put bits into the mouth of the horses, horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. You know, this, this was really something that they would understand back then, and we would understand these pictures as well, these images. Yes, it's a, on the screen a picture of a strong horse. A strong horse is completely steered by this small bit in his mouth like this. This amazing, powerful horse. Horse is a, is a symbol of power. You know, you have horsepower and uh, it's majestic. It's basically an animal with a frame covered by muscles. Uh, it's majestic, it's powerful. Yet a small bit in the horse's mouth controls the direction where this horse is going. How is using this amazing strength? A small bit, like just a bit of tree, or now it's probably iron, but... And the horse, that's why I love the first picture with the image with a little kid on it. The horse is so much stronger than the person sitting steering it. The horse is so strong, you know? A, house, a horse out of control is terrifying. It's so strong. I would be terrified, probably anyway, to just be up close to a horse. And especially if it's out of control. <laughs> oh, man. Do not underestimate the power that your words can have for good and bad. Do not underestimate the power of the tongue. Because if you do, you, don't, you won't be able to tame it. It goes on with a similar image to kind of make his point. Verse 4. Or take ships as an example. Although... They are so large and are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. This is also a picture of a boat. It's a modern boat. Back in that day, it would be a huge tree boat driven by wind. I know. The same. This huge boat, powerful, heavy, impressive. But it's controlled by this small rudder in the back. Not a small, this piece controls this entire heavy boat. You know, we have a boat that could cut through ice. Maybe we will use that with the baptism coming up. <laughs> Good idea. You have powerful boat and steered with this small rudder. All right, just a point here. Rudder controls the ship. The ship is something that is supposed to move somewhere. Rudder controls the ship's direction. The bit in the horse's mouth controls where the horse is going. That might apply your, your tongue controls your direction. The way you speak, what comes out of it, controls where you are going, where you are headed. Small thing, but it can, it can completely steer your life. You might have the best, I might have the best intention of going somewhere. I might be super, say all the right things and have the best intention. But if I keep speaking in a way that's not right, that I would never become there. I would never end up there. 
My tongue controls me. Let's say you see a picture of, 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 a, of a large boat. Or if you see it in a museum or something. You might be all in awe, like, wow, that is such a great boat. And then you see a little rudder lying around or just being there. You wouldn't even notice that. That's not important. It's the boat that is the big thing. Sometimes we think like that. Hey, it's not important what I say. Hey, it's just my kind of humor. You know, I just speak it like it is. I'm just a very honest person. You know, it's not that important. You wouldn't be impressed by the rudder. Like, whoa, that's a big rudder. And you have this enormous boat. Same way. Imagine a horse on stage now, right now. Just a big horse. Why would it be a horse here? I don't know, but just imagine it. Hair? And over here, this is that little tiny bit that he has in his mouth. It's just lying here, like this. No one of you would be like, whoa, look at that bit. That's so small. Everyone would be focused on the horse. I would be, ah, I need to call someone. I would just kind of move back because I would be intimidated by the horse. Uh, Just a point to that. Hey, it's not a big deal what I say. My words, hey, that's not, you kind of, you can play down that so much. Let me just read one of the coolest verses in the Bible to you right now. It's just, uh, I just, I just want to read that sometimes. It's from the Proverbs. And this, if we're talking about, hey, it's not a big deal. This is one of the coolest verses. Proverbs 26, 18 to 19. <sighs> like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows. Just that. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows. Is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. I think that's amazing. That's like, that's in the Bible. No, hey, that's no big deal. I was just, you know, that's how, who I am, okay? All right. Moving on to verse 5. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. We'll wait with a picture um, Spoken word is an attribute of God. There's something about in the, in the, from in the scripture from beginning to end about the spoken word. That is something about God. He speaks and the entire earth as we know it come to existence. In the Bible is full of God speaking life, creating something with words. Hey, I believe, if I believe... Christ died for me, and I confess with my mouth I will be saved. There's, such, there's a tremendous power in the spoken word uh, throughout the Bible. You know, it could heal. Word could heal. Word could create. Word could curse. It could break down. When we speak, it means something. I'm just going to read Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You might know someone. The, the situation is terrible. Things are going on. And then you might know someone who just could just say the right word in the right time. And you notice the power of that. 
everything is just chaos. And then someone just says something. And it's, yes. A, a word spoken in the right time is, is amazing. That's, it means so much if you just say to someone, you know, hey, I really like what you're doing here. I think you have a gift. I think you, what you said there, that was amazing. The way you take care of your kids, I think that's the, so, you know, these words mean so much. Uh, this is why me and my wife somewhere has to try to live by this. We try to have that as a rule. Whenever we say something about someone that is a positive thing, if I would say like, oh, now I'm, I was really leading the worship well today. She would be like, hey, have you told him? Not just, yeah, I agree, but hey, have you told him? Because you, there's so much power in just speaking life to someone. That's something we really try to live by. And, and even like, imagine, maybe you think about something. Maybe you think about Pastor Quinton. Like, wow, he's, he's, been, he's, he's, he's been holding this church. He's been like, how can he do that year after year with people like me in it and stuff like that? If you think like that, just send a text like, wow, just thinking about you. You're doing an amazing job. This is not just like being nice. This is the power of life is in those words. Hmm? And it says that the tongue is a small part, but it makes great boasts. Great boasts, that means it has great power like we've seen. Let me, let, let me talk a little, bit, a little bit why it's such a big deal what you say. I have the picture of the, of the great, of the fire. A great fire. I have never been like close to a wildfire like this. Maybe some of you has. I've seen it a lot on the news lately. And I've... Yeah, I've seen it, and it's terrifying. I can't even imagine something more terrifying than a wildfire out of control. I just imagine the sound. I just imagine everything going on, people evacuating, running for their lives. This is a terrible thing. It's a force of nature that we, don't, we are just like, whoa, we, what is this? It's so powerful. Really. And it says a small spark could set this on fire. The spark, if you blink, you wouldn't see that little spark. You know, it's nothing. It's not. But it could, it could just have enormous consequences. There's a lot of dry land. Like, there's a lot of people all like dry land. You know, have a kind of struggling dry land. And a comment could easily just set something on fire that is actually hard to control. A rumor, you know, you saying something, me saying something, implying something. You have no idea what could happen. And some of us in here right now also know what, what that could mean. You know, a word could start great fires in your heart and soul. Something being said to you as a kid. Uh, something being told to you repeatedly. Hey, you're... You can't do this. Why would you even try doing this? You know, things that have been spoken takes on its own life and it becomes this strong, maybe just a little spark. And the people saying it, yeah, I just said it. I'm just being honest. But it starts something. I think some of us knows actually what that means. Words spoken that started something. 
Even now, it, it might be words spoken to you by your husband, by your wife, by a friend, colleague, whatever, that actually starts something negative out of control. So I'm going to pause just a little bit from the sermon. I just want to say that if that is you, if things have been spoken over your life, if things has been declared over your life and you actually feel bound by it, you feel that it has done something negative, it holds you back, you know, there's power right now in the name of Jesus to break that, to break that thing that has been spoken over you. There's power and there's healing for that. And actually, some of you, I think, have actually thought this. I thought like, hey, why can't I, can't I just shake this off? It's just a word. I know that. How, why, why, does it, why do I care so much about what that, peop, that person said? Well, James actually might imply that this might indicate that there are actually great power over those words spoken to you. It's not just stupid words. It's, they are, there are powers in those words. So that makes you like, oh, but why do I care so much? There are powerful words, and, but there's one thing that, can, that overpowers it, and that's the, the cross, the blood of Jesus that bought you this freedom, that could break this power, could break the consequences. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes, back to the... Back to them. Verse 6. Keep going. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil amongst the part of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. What I want to pick out from that is it says that something controls the tongue. It's not just the tongue saying things on its own. Jesus says, what's in your heart? Now, right now, what fills your heart? Your mouth will speak. There are hearts. And let me just say this. He is speaking to born-again Christian. None of what I'm saying now is like, oh, you could lose your salvation if you do this or God. No, he's speaking to born-again people. Speaking to you and me. Just that, let, let me say that. But what's in your heart your mouth speaks of? Something is controlling the tongue. A heart filled with hurt. And that's what you speak. You speak hurts in some way or another. It will come out about yourself to others. And it starts fire. It set off things in others. Heart filled with pain. That's what you would speak of. If your heart is full with frustration about you hate, hate your, I don't know, your work, anything. You're just like, ah, I'm just so frustrated. That's what's come out of your mouth. That's is what you speak and what you bring. And I have an illustration. This is, I have a bottle of water. Uh, this will blow your mind. This is, is filled with water. And if someone kind of just, like, hey, say something or you just come out something. I'm shaking the water for those of you listening on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so you don't feel left alone wherever you are. Uh, What's in this bottle comes out. This is water. He could wish it was coffee. He could wish it was Red Bull to have more energy. He could wish it would be, I don't know, tea. But it, water is in this bottle. So when I shake it, if someone like bumps into me or says something, or if I get like, this is what comes out. Yes, I'm, I'm going to stop there. Oh. We need to see this. I think that is why James is so 
dramatic in his pictures, in his image. That's why he actually pointed fingers on something that I would rather he just say, mind what you're saying and let's move on to something else. But he's really pointing the finger at something. It's the same thing. A heart of grace, a heart of love would speak that love, would find some way to encourage. And again, James doesn't hold back. He knows he needs to catch our attention. And he's speaking to saved, born-again Christians. Just one thing, just one more on this. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, Let no unwholesome, unwholesome words come out of your mouth. And the word unwholesome is the same word that would be used on rotten, like rotten fruit or rotten meat. It's like, ah. So actually, think about this. What does your words taste like to other people listening to them? Yeah. All right. We are moving on. Why word seven? All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Just think about that, taming animals. It's amazing what we can do, what men can do. We can tame wild horses, lions, eagles, elephants, in, a, in terrible ways, by the way, but, and not so, yeah? But we could do that. Dogs, snakes, probably a whale you could tame. Who know? Anything is possible. A man can do so impressive, mind-blowing achievements. Think about the music that are created. Think about the art that are created. And the movies. And for you, I even written engineering. That might impress someone. <laughs> we can do so much, but we, he says, we cannot tame the tongue. So, this leads me to thinking that James is actually not speaking here on willpower. He's not speaking about, hey, get your, get your act together and just try a little bit more. That would contradict when he says a man can't tame the tongue. James' focus, like Ladea said, is on the heart, the source of the words. Our words reflect what's in our spirits. And actually, to me, it brings tremendous encouragement when he says, no man can tame the tongue. That does not make me feel, oh, I'm just a worthless person. I can't do anything right. I don't feel that. That actually gives me hope. He says, no man can tame the tongue. The tongue can be brought under the power and control of God. It can be un brought under the control of the Holy Spirit. God is mightier. Jesus is perfect. You are filled with the Spirit. You have the heart of Jesus. James is not once saying, hey, try a little bit harder. How difficult could it be? Like we tend to think about ourselves. No, that's not what James is saying. My words reflect what's currently going on in my heart. By God's amazing grace in the cross, I can own up to what my words actually tell about my heart. I can bring it to Jesus. Oh, yeah. I, I want to just give an example. I, I like to give everyday examples, like simple examples. Uh, me and Summer, my wife, this happens a lot. Uh, we are this was the night we were going out. Uh, we were, we're going somewhere with Samuel, our son, that is five. 
And someone knows that if I rush Samuel, the world will two or three would just break out because leaving with a kid that is five, it's, it needs to be clever. It needs to be like... And so she says to me, Shethil, my dear husband, she always says that, especially when I'm on the stage having the microphone. No, she's, she said, encourage me. She says, you, could you, can you take care of Samuel today that when we leave, he is ready? Could you just start in good time? Because, you know, I don't want this to be stressful. You don't want it. Samuel doesn't want it. And I said, of course, my dear wife. Of course, I'm such a great husband and father. So, yes. I'm taking the responsibility to get Samuel going. And then we just wait, we do what we do, and I don't do anything, even though I really felt like I really meant it, and I'm going to prepare him. And then time goes, and then Samuel has to say to me, uh, whoa, we actually, we have to go now, we have to leave now. And then I just, yes, and then I just, out of the blue, come to Samuel, Samuel, turn off the television, or stop reading that Bible commentary, was what I meant to say. <laughs> You have to put that aside. We're leaving now. Come on, Samuel. And he's like, he didn't know this. He's like, what? What happened? And I come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And it's, if I speak quick, he will just be quick. That's what I think. And everything just goes wrong. Uh, and, then, and then my wife tells me, it's like, but you said you were going to take care of this. And that's, this is the example. This is when I don't answer her back. What, is, what do I say? I say, Hey, what's, you were the one saying we're leaving now. What I'm doing there, I just twist the whole situation and just put it back on her. Like, wow, you were the one saying we have to leave all of, all of a sudden. Not thinking that I actually promised to take care of this. I knew we were leaving, you know. That's actually, what am I doing right there? What is controlling the heart of me right there? When I'm actually just pointing it back to her, putting the blame on her. Hey, I didn't do anything. Was, you were the one said. I know, I have examined my heart, that what controlled me there was pride, and it was self-righteousness. And it came out of, with a word to the, to the person I love more than anything. I would do anything for. And I just kind of twist it and just throw it back. That reveals something of my heart. Then I have the... And I, I, I told her this example yesterday. I said, Is, would this be an accurate example of things that happen in our home? I was hoping she would say, no, you're not that bad. You know? <laughs> and she said, well, yeah, that's quite accurate. And, and it's interesting that you are like using that in the preaching. Maybe you could think a little bit about it in those situations as well. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> anyway... For others, that was for me, that was pride. It was self-righteousness. And I have the choice to pretend it's not a big deal. Hey, it's just a little small piece in the mouth's horse. And it's nothing. Or I can actually own up to it and say to her, you know, this was my ego speaking again. I can own up to God and say, God, I don't want to have this, remove this, change my heart, God. And he will do that. That's the thing. He will do that. This is a grace message. It's not a come on group message. For others, in the same situation, similar situation, it might be anger. For me, it was self-righteousness. It could be anger. It could be frustration. It could be bitterness. And you just throw something back. And, yeah. All right. Verse 9 to 10. With the tongue, 
We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. He says brothers and sisters. He's still speaking to the saved ones, to us, the great Christians, you know, the worship leaders, the preachers, the families. And he speaks to us. Uh, and the contradiction here, it should not be like that. He's uncomfortably accurate sometimes, James, me thinks. An example, you should not have one tone of vocabulary when you are in church. And then another one when you're at home, speaking a different way or at job. Let me just create, uh, because no one of us recognizes ourselves in this anyway, so let's just think about a third person who might be like this. <laughs> think about the person sitting to your right. That must be the day. Uh, no, but if I make up something, let's just picture a man. He's in church. He praises God. He lifts his hand. He says great things. And like, thank you. That was, uh, he says all the right things. He's an encouraging pe person, praising God with his lips. And then he comes home. And then from his mouth comes criticism towards his family. Because sarcasm, abusive speak, hateful remarks. Same person. And the same person at work, uh, telling dirty jokes, being like fl flirtatious and with sexual undertones or, uh, or gossip, talk about the, the boss or whatever in a terrible way. And James says, what's up with that? He said, this cannot be. What's up with that? It shouldn't be like that. And then the next verse, can fresh water and salt water flow from the same sp spring? Can figs grow in an olive tree? No. I just want to say something quick there. Like, it's not natural. Every time you as a, and me as a saved, born-again person saying something like that, it's unnatural. It's not natural. It was before, before I had Christ, before I, then I was under a, a different kingdom. But it's not natural now to speak like that. So your words and your postings on social media is a reliable revelation of your inner character. What you are in the habit of speaking about reveals your character. We can have the band up. I'm going for a closing now. Maybe we can have some music. Um, and this is where I really want everyone to listen. Um, you are saved. This is a serious letter that really makes me want to change, but it also gives me tremendous hope. I cannot do this in my own strength. It says so even in the verse. No man can do this. Listen to this. James is not saying, get your act together. That would contradict. He's not saying, try harder. He's not saying, be better in the way He's, he's not saying, hey, you can fix this in your own strength if you just feel bad enough. If you just feel, like, oh, I'm a terrible person, I'm going to do better next time. That is not what James is saying at all. James is saying, what you speak and hear yourself speaking about is controlled by greater powers. It reveals your heart. What do you do when you notice that? What do you do when you see 
what comes out of your heart? What do I do when I actually hear myself saying things like that to my wife? What do I do then? So the point is not be better. It's when that happened, what do you do? And not if that happened. Let's be honest, it's when that happened, what do we do then? Do you just clench your fist, power through, pretend, hey, there are others that are worse? Or do you kick yourself, oh, I'm such a terrible Christian? Or do you follow what James actually encouraged us a little bit further in this, in the, in the book? Do you follow what James actually encourages us all to do? I just want to say chapter 4, 8. James is not about legalistic righteousness in his own strength. What James is saying, let me stand here because this I want to. Do we follow? This is what James says. Then he says later, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. James is not about, hey, try to be better. Feel bad and just get yourself, get your act together. No. He is saying, draw close to God. Confess, own up. Ask for him of wisdom and it will be given to you. He brings God into it. And he says, you can't do this on your own. He says, draw close. When I hear my own words being hurtful or not full of life, I need to admit where it comes from. And I need to draw close to God. Jesus says in Matthew 23 to the teachers and the Pharisees, Hey, why do you clean the outside of the cup? The inside is still dirty, full of greed and everything, self-indulgence. Why don't you clean the inside of the cup and the outside will be clean and the things that come out of it will be clean? This is what James says. Faith that works comes from a changed heart. It reveals itself in our words and how we use the tongue. We are safe and secure. We have the Spirit of God, His grace, His forgiveness. But when our words reveal something in our hearts, let us actually thank God for that so we can confess it, draw near to God, and make Him change us. Only He can change us. Because when a heart changes, the word changes as well. When a heart is being changed by God, you can hear that in the word hear that in how you speak to people about yourself how you yeah is all grace is his word you need to invite to let go of the frustration let go of the hurt and the anger and he will change your for your word will become a force of healing as it is intended in christ be encouraged by this passage if you feel reminded of something that is great you could actually bring that to god draw close to God and he will draw close to you um, ask him to change that heart control that horse and the boat so what do your words that was the title what do your words reveal about your heart and what do you do with that there's a well of grace and healing it's almost like God is saying come let me change your heart that's what he's saying to us come come with that you, you were thinking about now come with that and let me change your heart i'm just going to end by reading a one last verse from the proverb from the book of proverbs i think james if he was here he would concur with ending this message with this word from proverbs 4 23 
above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Amen.